Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know, Employee Cycle, we're that people dashboard helping all of you people, ops, and HR leaders stay away from that manual, tedious, and time-consuming process you call HR reporting. That's right. We know every time you're looking to answer workforce questions with data, you're typically logging into a bunch of different and disconnected HR systems. You might have to log into an HRIS, and then a separate ATS, and then an engagement platform, and performance. And that just doesn't seem like the best way to do it. That's why Employee Cycle has created your very own people dashboard for you to keep all the systems that you have, but simply connect them to our people dashboard to automatically bring in all your most important people metrics so you can view, track, share, and analyze a data-driven view of your workforce from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com to get a demo and explore how we can automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about us, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Brittany Fennell. She's the Senior Director of People Ops at Building Eye. And today we're going to discuss how to get employees to utilize their benefits. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Oh, Brittany! Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Appreciate the warm welcome. Of course. So, Brittany, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, it was kind of random, to be honest with you. I thought I was going to be a photographer, um, and that's before the world of like Instagram photography. And so um, I stepped out in the world um, and decided that that maybe should stay a passion and a hobby versus you know, becoming um, what I did for a career. And so I actually started thinking about, you know, what am I good at and where can I leverage just my organic, like, personality and skills into a career? And how could I, you know, be successful as, you know, a female as well? That was a component of it. And so I found at Texas A&M, they had a program that minored in business and a major in HR. And I thought that was really cool. And so that started my journey. That is awesome. All right. So, Brittany, today we're talking about getting employees to utilize their benefits. And benefits is a very broad term. So as we were discussing before this interview, you and your people team have been working tirelessly to make sure that your employees understand that you're there for them. You have all these resources and services and potentially apps for them to navigate all this anxiety and stress and pressure during the pandemic. So what specific benefits are you talking about that you think it takes some work to really get your employees to to leverage and utilize? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've really noticed that employees, and we have a global employee force, um, you know, within two different countries. And what we found is that people understand how to access their medical benefits, dental, vision, but what they really don't have great knowledge on is accessing what we call is like the EAP program, the, um, you know, those assistance programs, like 24-7 crisis support and counseling support. I mean, we work with a company, you know, every company's got a little something, a different flavor to it, but we work with a company called LifeMap for our benefits um, around, you know, employee assistance programs and short-term disability, long-term disability, all those fun things. 
And what we've tried to do is really get the word out to our employee base, both in the U.S. and then the benefits that are offered in Costa Rica to employees that are similar to those U.S. offerings. But to share with them, like, you have this resource for you, and it's free. We cover that cost for you. And so if you're even just curious about the topic, reach out. You know, reach out to us. Reach out to our third-party advocacy group who's HIPAA compliant that can share with you about those benefits. Or just reach out directly, you know, reach out to LifeMap. Here's the phone number, you know, getting that information in front of employees in their hands. So when they are maybe having a day where, you know, of course, in 2020, I think everybody had that day where you're just like, okay, this is not going as expected. If this is, you know, a dark, dark or rough or depleting time. And they would know, hopefully, top of mind, oh, wait, I have this thing. I have this opportunity. It's free to me. It's no cost. All of the, all I need to do is invest my time. So for us, that was really important to make sure that they had access to that. And then we also offered additional benefits on top of that by introducing mindfulness and meditation practices. We have uh, called them brain breaks. Um, just to make it a little fun. Um, and we offered that during work hours where we brought in the unplugged meditation group. They do a lot of corporate meditation sessions. They did those for us virtually. They were free to employees and gave employees a one hour break where they could just step back from their computer, step back from everything in life and just walk through a meditation session, a breathing session, a mindfulness session. And we even allowed employees to vote on topics that they thought were interesting. So we knew we were really speaking to our population. Got it. So when it comes to actually communicating to all your employees about all these things, what are some of the strategies that you actually put in place to let everybody know what's going on? Is it typically top down from HR? Does the HR and people team share this information with people managers and then people managers disseminate this information to the individual contributors that they manage? Is it a hybrid approach? How does this work? I would say hybrid approach. So, you know, HR, our people ops team is in front of employees all the time. We use Microsoft Teams. Um, other companies I know use Slack, but it's our virtual water cooler. You know, it's our workplace. It's where we come to work every day because we have employees, two countries and nine states across the U.S. So we're going to need a place where we can come and communicate it to the wide audience in one easy to access format. So we use Microsoft Teams for that. So you are getting a lot of access to that information. Like we're sharing out fun posts about mindfulness and meditation or the EAP programs from that direction. But then we're also educating our managers and encouraging them, hey, in your one-on-ones, check in on your people, especially during 2020 and the pandemic more than ever. You know, we were already having those conversations. We work remotely pre-pandemic. So we're already kind of accustomed to that work style but we reminded managers, hey, this is a crazier. It's a crazier for you, everybody involved. Make sure you're asking your people before you dive into other things. How are you? You know, how are things going? And remind them of these tools that are available. When it comes to the different tools that you have, what was the process of really figuring out which ones were the most important and then rolling those out versus just saying, here's 50 things that we think employees may want and let's just throw them all at the wall and see what sticks yeah that's a great question i feel like honestly we're still evolving i mean i could not have predicted all the things that 2020 threw at hr professionals 
Um, you know, so many topics were coming up in our world, in the United States, from a cultural aspect, you know, from the effects of the pandemic, you know, globally, in our communities, in our homes, et cetera. So I feel like the needs are always evolving. You know, it's like it's like a work culture. You know, it's a moving and living organism that you have an influence on, but you don't necessarily control it. So we, I do keep that in mind along the way when we're evaluating different programs. A lot of the times, we simply cast a vote. We ask people, like, what would what would help you? And so we use like just different um, voting tools, essentially that are native to Microsoft Teams, and we'll use those. But I'm actually working on an employee engagement survey right now that actually asks employees some of those questions, like, what worked in 2020? What was meaningful? What stuck for you? And then where would you like to see us continue to support you from? And I love my job perspective, which that's our people ops mantra. We want our employees to say, I love my job. It's multifaceted. You know, it's not just competitive salary and great benefits. It's like, do you have a great experience with your manager? Do you have career growth? And of course, a huge component of that is, you know, wellness and work-life balance and work-life integration and all those things. So I feel like, you know, it's a multifaceted answer. One, we're definitely reaching out to our employee base through polling tools, et cetera, to understand like, hey, how did this work? Did you enjoy that, you know, mindfulness and meditation brain break that we hosted? And then using that feedback to help gauge like where we go next. And then kind of phase two for us in 2021 is let's take a look back, see what worked directly from the employee feedback, and then let's pivot and determine where we where we invest more in 2021 and beyond. So when it comes time to choose and implement these benefits across your workforce, are you looking at all of the benefits being something that is recurring so that employees can get all the time? Or are some of the benefits just for a point in time for something drastic like the pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like we have our baseline reoccurring benefits and those are, access to great health care, access to PTO, you know, so that if you do need to go to the doctor, your child or partner needs to go to the doctor, you have access to that health care all the time. So those are reoccurring, always going to be there, you know, medical, dental, vision, uh, short and long-term disability, life insurance, all those things. So I would bucket that as like, absolutely, those are reoccurring. We work with a fantastic benefit broker partner, Adept Benefits in the state of Washington that help us you know, across our entire uh, workforce portfolio in the U.S., they know our goals. Like, they know our mantra is we want to provide employees the best of the best. Like, we want the gold standard. Even though we're a boutique firm, we still want our benefits to compete with the Microsoft and the Googles of the world. We want to show our employees, like, we care. And this is a way we can do that. And then I think there's that second part of it that, you know, just seasonally and um, throughout the year, as different things come up, we want to be able to offer different types of benefits as well. So I, I think we take kind of a, a multi-leg, you know, uh, approach to this. You know, we don't look at it as like, okay, there are only two legs to the stool. We're willing to operate in a lot of different ways. That's awesome. And so when it comes time to actually evaluating the ROI of these benefits, primarily through utilization rates, if, if that's how you do it, then how do you go about deciding whether or not a particular benefit was worth it? And let me give some more context. So 
if you have a benefit that's only used by 3% of your population, but the people who use it really depend on it, and then you have something else that is maybe used by 50% of your workforce, is that one, is the one that's 50% utilized looked at as more important, or does that become a priority, or as long as anyone is using it and they're getting value from it, they're looked at as equally? That's a really good question and really insightful. I wish I had a fancy answer for you, to be honest with you, but you know, I feel like if, at Building Eye, at our company, what we're trying to do is we're an outcome-based organization, meaning that we're always looking at before we make a decision, before we try something, is it achieving our outcome? You know, I keep referencing it, but it's because it permeates every decision that we make. Does it really live up to our I love my job standard? Is it meeting the outcomes and objectives of all these core areas that we feel like really drive value and employee engagement for our group? Does it meet up with our core values? Like, though we really live those out at Open Eye. So, you know, I think if I had to give you a very, like, crisp answer, I think that as long as it meets those objectives, it matters. Even if 3% of our population are using it, but they're 100% engaged in that, I would call that a win. You know, but I do think we have to balance budget in that, too. Is it how much of an investment is it? How much time are we using out of people's day? You know, we have to think about, is it balanced as well in those other areas? So. It's hard for me to perfectly answer that intelligently because, you know, I don't have some some dashboard that's really telling me the ROI on everything. But your question has really actually sparked a lot of ideas in my brain just instantly of like, hmm, I think there's a better and more technological dashboard way to, to get some of this information and mine that data out of the experience to help us ensure, yeah, we are checking that box of meeting the outcome. But then is it balanced with all the other components as well? So, you know, kind of hard to answer the question, but great question. Got it. Well, that's what I'm here for. I don't have any answers. <laughs> I'm, just here to, I'm just here to hopefully ask great questions. But Brittany, thanks so much for being such an awesome podcast guest and for shedding some insight and some wisdom into your experience around such an important topic. So thank you so much for being on the show. Go Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a really fun experience. And I just, uh, yeah, you planted a lot of seeds in my own mind to think about some new ideas here. So thanks for your time, Bruce. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And so where can people find you and Building Eye online? So we're um, online. You can find us at buildingeye.com. And on LinkedIn, um, you're welcome to look up Brittany Fennell. Um, and uh, I'll be happy to accept all invites and uh, get to know people as well. So I feel like I'm a pretty open book and pretty accessible. So feel free to reach out with any questions. Awesome. And we'll definitely include all of that information in the show notes. So if this is your very first time listening to the Employee Cycle Podcast and you're hungry for more episodes now, then please subscribe to Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast players. Also, if you enjoyed this interview as much as Brittany and I did making it, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And for all you super awesome HR and people ops leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.